All right, it's episode 15 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. We are all hurting tonight because we just watched the Preds go through another disastrous uh, loss. I don't even know if disastrous uh, does it justice. Um, it was it was very hard to watch. Definitely t- tested all of our fandom having to watch that against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champs, and we got brought down to reality tonight. But before we get into episode 15 and all the heartache that, that's going to come with episode 15, let's get into DraftKings real quick. Uh, we are presented by DraftKings, and they are a great partner of ours, and I want to get into – the Super Bowl real quick that's coming up this weekend, and DraftKings has an awesome deal. Get in on their prediction challenge. Uh, all you got to do is bet that they're going to win, that a, a touchdown is going to be scored in the Super Bowl, and you can uh, basically win a lot of money. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored. In Sunday's game, that's promo code THPN during Sunday night's season finale only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years old or older uh, in New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash DFS for details. So, yeah, easy way to win some money this weekend. Uh, if you're new to the betting game, uh, go watch the Super Bowl. Use that promo code THPN. Bet on a touchdown to score. I think with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, let's hope that a touchdown is scored in the Super Bowl. So it's an easy way to uh, win some money. Uh, DraftKings has dealt out a lot of money, over $7 billion over the years since 2012. Wow. DraftKings has dealt out prize money. So uh, it's definitely something for you to check out. And again, use that promo code THPN and win you a little bit of money for the Super Bowl this weekend. So uh, speaking of Tampa Bay, we just played a team from Tampa Bay. And let me just say this. I feel like that Tom Brady is putting some of this voodoo magic on the Preds because uh, well, look, I'm, I'm going to stop right here. And, and first of all, go over. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. Let's first go over what we're covering in episode 15. We're going to cover this. Uh, it feels like the Dallas series all over again against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe even worse, honestly. But uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about it, give you all of our feelings on that. We're going to talk about Florida Panthers, who are the next team on the schedule. We're going to get into them a little bit. We're going to talk about Rocco Grimaldi because most fans and all of us can't figure out why he's not in the lineup. So we're going to try to figure out some things, kind of speculate what we think is going on there because it really doesn't make sense. And then we're going to end it with these reverse retro jerseys that came out earlier in the offseason, and the Minnesota Wild have already uh, played in theirs. And so that got me thinking, let's talk about all these reverse retro jerseys. There's a lot of people out there who love to see all these unique jerseys. So we're going to talk the crew we're going to talk about uh, the jerseys we like, the jerseys that we're not such fans of. So, again, my name's Chad Mitten, the host, with co-host uh, Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. Uh, feel sorry for us right now because we're hurting. We're hurting tonight <laughs> after watching after watching that game. So, uh, Rich, how about you fire it up for us right now with uh, your first thoughts on 
quite frankly, the last you can pretty much lump both games into the same into the same spot right now because they were both just really bad games. <clears throat> I think we talked about it <clears throat> last time. We've said it quite a bit. This team cannot string a full game, sixty minutes out, and 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 finish a game. They in the last game, not this one. The first period, I think we were talking about it earlier, probably the best period they played all season. They went into the first period or at the end of the first period with a goal by Ryan Ellis, and then the wheels fell off in the second. And then in the third, once again, they they fight back and and almost tied up, but just don't have enough gas in the tank to finish. And then, you know, there were some fights and, you know, some fire in the guys, you know, Borvieski got – got uh, kicked out. Pat Maroon got kicked out. Uh, um, Olivier got a stick to the face and then got bloodied. So I thought they were going to have some fire in them and some momentum. And then this game, just no fire at all. No, they couldn't pass. They couldn't carry the puck. Um, But then, you know, that third period pops up and they show some fight. I just don't understand why they cannot – play a full 60 minutes and it's just it's frustrating and it's it's got to be frustrating to them but it just it just doesn't make any sense so I don't know what do you think Colin yeah I I agree I mean a lot tonight the only like fight I really saw in the first couple periods was actually from Hala and Hala Mm -hmm. didn't play a perfect game but I mean like he literally punched a guy off the puck and outside of that like there was not a lot of energy like in terms of just stopping the puck, just stopping, you know, making sure they finish plays. I mean, that's part of it. It's just finishing. I mean, they just, it's the same old, same old. It's frustrating because all you see is either these dumping chases or these shots from, you know, 25 plus feet out that, you know, just bounce off and maybe we get the rebound more often than not. We don't. And yeah, it's the first and second period. It's lackadaisical. It's, there, there's no reason that it should, we should have gone down 3-0 at the end of the first. If we just finished, if we played to the buzzer, you don't you don't let a team start from behind their net with seven seconds left and let them score on two, two, two on none, basically a you know, breakaway. That's just – I mean, you're, Soros deserved better than that. That, that. that was crap. Oh, let's just call it what it is. That was crap. And so, you know, it's frustrating on that side of things. You know, as, as fans, we want to see better, but – I mean, how how do you go in after that with what happened, what ended that first period, and still come out flat the second period? I mean, they they scored that goal. What was it like two minutes into the second or in the second period to go up four nothing? That's I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's you know. I don't want to put it on Yossi as a captain, but like you cannot come out after you let that mistake happen in the, end of the first period. You cannot come out that flat in the second period. I'm glad to figure out in the third period. It makes it you know somewhat bearable, but there's no moral victories when it comes to points. You either get the two points or you don't. And we didn't. And so it just, it's frustrating. It's, it's, I think a lack of execution, a lack of finishing plays. And I don't know if it's, I don't know who's to blame, but I think it gets, there's a lot of blame to go around, but I mean, at the end of the day, I kind of, I got to look at Heinz and say, this is your team, man, get it together. Yeah. Going back to the first game. Uh, Cause like I said, I can lump both these games together and tell the same story. But going back to that first game, at least there was some some battle. There was some fight. There was like, okay, I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take your crap. You're the Stanley Cup champs. We're here. We're gonna make it happen. And then they, you know, they almost got the tying goal with the empty net in that game. Uh, 
But that was another game where it was like a parade to the penalty box. This game started off the same way. Uh, and it's just like – it's one of those things where it's like this team is not focused. It almost feels like this team is not focused. Like it's just a cast of characters that have all their own little talents that they can say they're good at, but they're not putting it, putting it together. And you're seeing that. And when you play a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, who just won a Stanley Cup, they've been a good team for a while. They've got all these great players. They're going to make you pay. And that's what we saw. This was a measuring stick series for the Predators. And they failed. They failed miserably. They did. You, you, can, you can give the little golf clap <laughs> as far as uh, they came back at the end. I, I mean – I'm done with that. I'm done with golf claps. I'm done with, well, the Preds really fought hard there at the end. Like, I mean, maybe it's expectations are too high on my part, but I'm done with that. I saw this as a measuring stick series, and they didn't do it. Colin, go ahead. And I think the thing is, like, our expectations wouldn't be what they'd be if we didn't see effort like we see in the third period. Mm -hmm. Like, if it it was like that the whole whole game, like first, second, third period, flat, you know, okay, my expectations are, are relatively, you know, changed a little bit that's, that's just what the team is we know they're capable of better they just don't show up and i don't get why they don't do that i mean it's just the, and the difference between the second game and the first game at least the first game had some fight like they were gonna, if they were going to get beat they were going to make sure that they took tampa bay down with them a little bit and at least you know give them some of their punches we didn't see that outside of hollow punching uh forget what his name is but punching the guy in the face to clear to get rid of the puck and, and save sorrows like there was nobody else throwing throwing hands. There's nobody else really pushing guys into the boards. We were the ones getting beat off the puck. We were the ones getting pushed into boards. They were yeah. they out, they out physical us in that game. But it, it was just, I mean, like yeah, my expectations wouldn't be high if we didn't show up in the third period and play great. I mean, we just have to do it to, for a whole game. I don't get what it takes to put that together. Like you're multi million dollar athletes. Come on, it, it's time to turn it on. Flip that switch. And it's what's super frustrating about it is. We've seen what they – we know what they can do. We've seen them do it. You yeah. know, they're – they're. Duchesne can pass the puck. He can shoot the puck. We know he can. Forsberg can do amazing things. He can carry the puck. He can shoot it between his legs backwards and, and all that. And it's just so frustrating because they cannot execute for anything. They can't carry the puck into the zone. Saros deserves better, like we said. I feel horrible for him because mm-hmm. the bad thing is – if something happens to this team in the offseason and he's still here, then he's going to suffer. He's going to suffer next year because of what's going to be in front of him. I, I'd almost, if I was him, I'd almost went out. I don't know. I hate to say that because I like him a lot. But, you know, I feel bad for the dude because he deserves way better. And Pekka I mean, does too. He, here's my worry about Sorrow. So it's like, he's, I feel like he almost is the bridge guy. And that's not a negative on him. I feel like, He's going to be a bridge guy until we can get Askarov ready to go. And when Askarov's ready to go, he's going to be, you know, we're going to, we're going to trade Saros away for some pieces. And Saros is probably going to have a great rest of his career outside of Nashville. That's my biggest fear because he's been playing well. I, I, he's last, doing what he can. He's doing what he can. He, yeah. he is. I mean, last year, you know, last year, a lot of stuff was just, it was mental mistakes early in the season when he was having some trouble. And it was like, all right, this is on Saros. Like, he's got to I mean, get together. He's got to see the puck. I haven't seen that. I mean, he's had some a few a few little errors, but yeah. overall, like if it wasn't for the fact that he's play, you know facing these two on ones, these two on nuns, or these power you know these power plays constantly, he's not playing badly. He's just not being set up for success, and I hate that for him. Yeah, so let's, can, yeah perfect example. Well, perfect example of what we're talking about here when it comes to sorrows is in the, in tonight's game. 
it was uh it was like this crash of the net for Tampa Bay and you, you saw Ryan Ellis down there you saw Roman Yossi actually make a pretty good block and the puck kind of trickles over to Ryan Ellis bounces off Ryan Ellis and I mean it's like the Tampa Bay Lightning are just swarming they're just like ready to pounce on that loose puck and you got Soros just like flailing he's just out there diving trying his best and it's like what do you do and yeah, so yeah. i mean it's just it's so frustrating to watch uh well i mean if you take you take you take away that goal and then you take away the stupid one with three seconds left on the clock it's a whole different game it's a whole exactly. different game and that's a really good point they could that's have a really yeah shown that fight in the third period like they did and they probably would have won but that's a really just, good point to bring up there rich about the uh so the buzzer beater it came up the clock was 0.4 seconds, 0.4 yep. seconds when that goal was scored. And that rounded out the thir- the first period, and it was 3-0. You go into that first intermission down 2-0, I mean, you're still down. You're still kind of, like, upset. But you feel like you got a chance. When, I, when that goal went in, and I knew and it was plain as day that it was a good goal, I'm like, I don't see them making up three goals. And it turns out they scored two, so good for them. Pat on the back. But it was like like Rich said, that was a difference maker. And, that's, again, that is just – that can't happen. You can't give up a goal in that situation. And so you yeah. just have to really ask yourself what's going on. Uh, we're, we're, just, we're not used to seeing this with, our, with our, uh, some of these guys we got on defense with Yossi and Ellis and Eckholm and – and some of the guys they brought in over the offseason, you're just not used to seeing this. Now, uh, Borowiecki was not in the game tonight. He had 19 penalty minutes in the first game. <laughs> I had to make sure that that was, uh, that was right because I was kind of like doing a little bit of a, you know, I was kind of researching a little bit, looking up some stats and whatnot, and I saw that Borowiecki was leading the uh, leading the NHL in penalty minutes at 27 minutes going into tonight's games, and uh, so that's that's probably changed now since the games have happened. But going into Monday night's games, he had 27 penalty minutes. 19 of those 27 were in one game. It's just like, and that game was chippy, and I'm not saying it was all him. And that was a ticky tack game. I get all that, but and he had five minute major, right? Yeah. yeah, that's probably why he wasn't in the game tonight because he's for all the things he brings defensively, and you love all those things. He's got to pull it back. And then tonight, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay got another four power play attempts uh, connected on one of those. So we can't blame the penalty kill tonight, really, that much. Uh, yeah. It was just one of those things. Uh, Tampa Bay went two of seven. So here's here's the thing about game one. The penalty kill went two of seven, killed two of the seven power plays, which really isn't even that good either, but at least it's progress. Here's the thing. When you're killing off that many penalties throughout the game, you can't get into a rhythm. You can't get into a flow of your game. You're already a team that's offensively challenged as it is. So what do you think is going to happen? And you're going against a team that just won the Stanley Cup. So it's just it's just bad news. Uh, another well, thing is that – Go ahead, Cole. I was going to say that's what uh, Chris Mason said about also about player development too. Like you put in Ellie Tolvanen tonight, and it's hard for him to get into a rhythm because his line is not the line you're putting out there for penalty kill and situations like that. So it's hard for him to get into a rhythm because his minutes were so sporadic because of having to change and go into special teams. 
That's something else that we <clears throat> didn't touch upon. They that they did change the lines up today, which was everybody was clamoring for it. Everybody wanted it. They wanted to see, you know, Deshane, Granlin, and Forsberg, and that's what they got. And it didn't pan out. Uh, I just I don't know. It's just just very frustrating. And like what you said earlier, Chad, about them swarming. So they did kill off that one penalty tonight, but then Tampa Bay just swarmed them and then scored like two seconds right after they killed the penalty. Yep. And it's like, you cannot. And that's another thing. Give, I was just going to say real quick, you cannot give. They did exactly what we said you can't do. They gave them opportunities and they cashed in. I mean, they're going to. It's Tampa Bay. Dallas did the same thing. And that's another thing about taking penalties. Just because you kill the full two minutes off or however long the penalty is, you have a lasting effect after that. It takes some time to get your feet in under you, to get set up again, to get your offense set up back again. So even if you kill the penalty off, which we already know the Preds are very challenged at even doing that, it, it puts you even further behind the sticks. It makes it even harder for you to figure it out. So um, I think that was a product a little bit of tonight, even though they did uh, kill three of the four penalties off. Um, I still think they couldn't build any momentum tonight because of those four penalties. And penalties are going to happen. We're not saying the Preds can never take a penalty, but at the same time, it's a recurring problem. And they've, they've got to figure it out. John Hines has to figure it out. There were 64 penalty minutes in that first game. which So that game was just like chippy as it can get. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was one of those things. Uh, 30 Eight combined hits in that first game on Saturday night where the Preds lost four to three. Came very close to tying it up with empty net in that game. It was very similar to the Dallas game where they lost by one goal in the second set of that back-to-back -back or that two-game series. So it, it just felt very similar. But, again, it's like, okay, yeah, you made the comeback. Congratulations. We're happy for you. But it's not good enough. Like, against good teams like Dallas and Tampa, you can't spot them three or four goals. I mean, it doesn't take a hockey expert to know that. So, you know, that first game, uh, Ryan Ellis got a goal finally. Uh, Victor Arvidsson scored a goal. And uh, Matthew Olivier, we can't overlook him. Nope. He's buried down there on that fourth line, but he's battling. He's playing good. He got his he's first in front career. Of yeah. He almost scored tonight. He almost yeah. got a goal tonight. He got kind of robbed there. And that was early in the game, too. But he got his first career goal in the first game with Tampa Bay. So we want to show some love to him because he's battling. He's been one of the biggest surprises on this Preds team this year. So a lot of kudos goes to Matthew Olivier because he got his first goal in that first game. And then and, and then let's get let's get into game two because that was really the one that was really ugly, which was tonight. Uh they they fell behind four nothing. It just it, it felt like seven nothing again in mm -hmm. Dallas. That's really what it felt like. I was 3-0 at the end of the first period after that buzzer beater with 0.4 seconds on the clock. And it was just like once you spot that type type of a lead, it's just so hard to come back. It was it was four-nothing at 723 of the second. So well before the halfway point of regulation, the Preds were down four-nothing. So I will say. Victor Arvidsson, can this guy – this guy is aggressive. He had eight shots on goal tonight, but they're not high-quality shots, and that's a whole team. I mean, he had one – he had two high-quality shots to open the game, if you guys remember. 
in the second game we're yeah. talking about tonight's game. Well, but I think the difference in those shots is that they're they're where they were taken. I mean, they were in close where yeah. you know, he's been able to score before. And yeah. lately we've been seeing him just 20 to five feet out from the circle trying to take a shot and a, and a slap shot at that. I mean, like it's the same thing we said before about you could literally text the goalie and say, I'm about to shoot. He knows it. And Vasilevsky, yeah. you know, like he's going to stop that all day. He is. He's one of the best in the league. And, you know, I mean, it's one of the CC eight shots on goal from Marvinson. And you're like, that's really good. He's aggressive out there. And I mean, you want to see the shots on goal, but at the same time, you have to start wondering, looking at his shooting percentage, you have to start wondering what type of shots is he taking? And that's not just on Arvidsson. That's the entire team. This is. is a team yep. problem. This ain't an Arvidsson problem. This is a team problem. They're just not taking high quality shots. They're not getting in the high danger areas. And to beat the really good goaltenders, you've got to get in those high danger areas. They're not doing it. I said, I said earlier in the night, I said, it feels like they're closing their eyes and just letting it rip and hoping something good happens. Yeah. That's what it feels like, you know? Well, and I, and and I get so, them to have blockers in front of the net and want to have, you know, a screen or whatever. But, I mean, some of these shots, it's like they've got five people in front of them and maybe two of them are in our jersey. Like, it's just like there's there's a screen shot and then there's just you're shooting in the traffic and hope for the best. Yeah. I think they're trying to get the tips or whatever, but – that hasn't works. happened yet, I don't think. Have they got a tip in yet? Granny Grant, did tonight, but other than that, like, and that, and it all comes down to where they are too. The shot yeah. was taken in close, and the tipping was close. The shots yeah. from out, you know, out wide, they're not getting close enough to the net to even get the rebound. So yeah, yeah. So the goals, uh, Nashville goals in the second game, uh, they lose five to two because Tampa did add an empty net there at the end. Uh, but. Uh, Goals for Nashville in this game. Ellie Tolvanen got into the lineup. They called him off the taxi squad, got his first game of the season, and he ends up scoring a goal on a really good feed from uh, Eric Holla. Uh, nice goal. He's in the right spot at the right time. Uh, it's at a point in the game where you feel like they're already it's already over and it's just kind of garbage time at this point. But at the same time, I don't want to gloss over the goal. Uh, it's really nice to see Tolvanen get that goal. Uh, we've all been wanting to see Tolvanen in the lineup. We we expected it all offseason. We were like, this is the season that Ellie Tolvanen is going to finally get a regular starting spot on the uh, NHL roster. And then the Preds went out and made all these offseason moves, and he kind of got pushed back. But he gets into the lineup tonight and uh, gets a goal. Came in garbage time, but it's still a goal. Kind of started off a little bit of a mini comeback. And so you're happy for him. And then Granlin got his third goal of the season. So he's got five goal. He's got five points in the last five games now. So he's he's kind of trending in a good direction. But at the same I time, think, I mean, Granny at this point is kind of looking like a bargain for us compared to the rest yeah. of the team. And that's what's sad is like, yeah, I'm happy for Granny. I'm happy that he's playing his game and, and you're seeing that there. But it's like he shouldn't be our best forward. Not that I'm not happy that he is, but like, He's looking like it right now. Even Forsberg has kind of taken a dip since that, you know, that opening streak he went on. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I'm happy for Granny, but I wish the rest of the guys, especially the top guys that were paying, you know, usually on three to four more million dollars than he than he's getting paid. Yeah. I wish they'd step up. So yeah, it's yeah. also coming in garbage time. I yeah. mean, you, you want to start seeing some of these big time goals and these nice little plays come in crucial parts of the game. Yeah, to take momentum. I mean, taking these taking these late goals, it's nice to see them pad their stats, but at the same time, it's just frustrating. Yeah. But uh, I, mean, 
I will say for Tolvi, like that, he has a nice shot. I, he does. He does have a yeah. very nice shot, and he—you can tell—he's he, only just touching his potential. Like he, he's still, you know, the guy's only what twenty-two years old, so he's got a lot of time ahead of him. But based on how he shoots and how he plays, if he starts molding himself into, you know, a, 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 the player that he's capable of being, he could be that kind of elite player that we're we're missing. But mm-hmm. we're we're just kind of we're frustrated right in the right now and here and now. Yeah. Well, that was one good thing about his shot that he did. He lifted the puck. A lot of those guys are just trying to throw it at yeah. Vasilevsky and just hoping for the best. But he actually took the time to lift it over, you know, over his uh, – I guess that's the block. Is that the block? Blocker side. Gloves, yeah. glove. It was glove side. Yeah. Right? Yeah, whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean. He lifted it over <laughs> glove or block. I think it's the glove side. But uh, he lifted it up and got the and got the point. And like, but I bet you – I bet you he won't be in – I bet he won't be in the next game. I bet they won't leave him in. I don't know. I just you, you need to leave him in and, and give him some time to. I mean, get into the flow of the game. But it just, on, I just guarantee you they won't do it. Depends on injuries, I guess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to think like you had two injuries that no one saw coming. You had a uh, Luke Cunning miss the game with an injury, and then you had uh, Brad Richardson miss the game mm-hmm. due to an injury. So it wasn't like a roster move. Like, hey, I'm going to move this guy out as right. a healthy scratch to make room for. Um, this player and this player, uh, it it just it, it's odd. Like it's 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 a weird situation. you know, but we're gonna let the season play out before we really come down and critique John Hines really hard. But the optics don't look great right now. We'll just it's leave coming. it at that. But let's look at this real quick before we start. We're we're gonna do a quick preview of our next opponent, which is the Florida Panthers, who uh, haven't lost a regulation game yet. They played six games. Uh, their season got delayed because of COVID-19 issues with the Dallas Stars, but they haven't missed a beat. They're 5-0-1, 11 points. And a big thing about this season is point percentages because there's not a guarantee that every team's going to play 56 games. And so you look at the point percentages right now, and it's not looking good for the Preds. It's really not. I mean, for one thing, they've lost five regulation games. No team in the divisions. well, you got Detroit who's lost six regulation games other than that the preds have are the only team that's lost at least five regulation games so they're not even making it to overtime and getting a point right now and so that's i mean i know we don't like to to lose in overtime and it sucks but they're this not even point. when they're losing they're losing yeah they're missing out on on at least a point and it's going to come in down to to a big factor so i mean you look at these point percentages the preds have a point percentage. Detroit's way down there by themselves with a 30-point percentage. And then all these other teams, you got Chicago down there with us. But other than that, all these teams are, like, way up there on their point percentages because they haven't played a lot of games yet. you got Dallas. you got Tampa who missed some games. So Carolina missed some games. So it's it's not looking good for us right now. So we really have to – we're going to have to sweep Florida, I feel like, and get – we're going to have to start winning some games. Even if we have to go to overtime to win some of these games, it's going to hurt us because we're losing so many games in regulation. But that's just early look at the standings. That's what I'm seeing right now. Um, so Florida's our next opponent. Colin, start us off with kind of your first takeaways from our next opponent. So the, there's not as much, you know, as far as what's on film and what we've been able to see from see from Florida, but they look to be like they're right where they left off in terms of 
you know, where they left off in the 2020 season, when they, you know, before leading up to things, they were looking like they were going to be, a, you know, maybe not a contender, but a team that could make a run. And they just play balanced. They play, they got, they, you know, they've made some moves that have not been really the biggest, the most flashy moves, but they just got a, it was a Longo, right? Last year was, last year was his first season there. And so they made these subtle moves, but they've really also been they've been developing well too. They're kind of doing what the Preds. I think some of us kind of now wish the Preds would have done more so uh, the last you know few years since the Cup run because there just hasn't been the development there. But the younger guys are stepping up. The the older guys are, are providing the leadership, and they're playing some solid minutes and some solid games. And you know it's it feels like hockey speak, but at the same time, like they're doing everything they need to do. And in spite of COVID, you can't really hold that against them. They're just playing you know solid hockey. Granted. Their opponents haven't been the strongest opponents, but you know, yeah. they, I mean, they they play Columbus, you know, hard, and I think kind of going back to what you're saying about with standings, like we're going to beat Florida twice. I, I think that's a need, but you also like get to think about where our losses come from. Dallas, you know, two losses. Tampa Bay, two losses. It's been a tough uh, schedule. So, yeah, Carolina uh, lost. We've only, we've lost to the three teams that we thought were going to be the top three teams, you know, coming out of this division. So that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Does it anger me? Absolutely, but. Doesn't surprise me, but then you got you know your Florida, your, your Predators, and then the Blue Jackets, who we thought are all kind of on that cusp of that fourth seed. So this to me is like the barometer, similar to how Columbus was. We need to be able to, you know, put the pucks in net. Our forwards need to wake up. Um, our defense needs to play the way that you know we know they're capable of playing. Honestly, I want to see a defensive effort the way we saw it against Columbus. I think Pan- the Florida Panthers match up very similar to how the Columbus Blue Jackets do to us. And so I want to see our, our defensemen play better minutes, but also play smarter hockey. I mean, I, I want to see the the you know the killer bees as we call them initially. I think they're about to lose that nickname because nicknames are for are for winners. But uh, <laughs> you know, for Barwieski and for Benning, like they played solid hockey. They did not play this you know stupid you know ticky tack penalties. They were playing some solid minutes, and they got you know really they made smart moves. But it was team hockey. They didn't they they were able to block shots when they needed to beat guys off the puck how they needed to, but not take penalty minutes for it. And and I think we have to see that. This is a series where that needs to start improving. Yeah, I think it's like what you said about the Predators. They have to win these next two games. I mean, there's that's like a given. So Florida, the Predators saving grace in this is Florida, like we said, hasn't really played anybody. So they lost, obviously, the first two to Chicago, and then they played a Tampa Bay – or not Tampa Bay, a, um, Columbus twice – split that with them, but, you know, Columbus plays hot or cold, and then they beat up on Detroit. So, And they, they beat Chicago. They beat Chicago in those first did. two games. Yeah. They did, yeah. They beat Chicago the first two and then split with Columbus and then beat Detroit. So hopefully the Predators can, like, get a fire under them and just well, go in and take these two games because, like, they're they're in trouble. I mean, they're, they're in trouble. Here's the thing. The, the way it's really shaping out right now is – and it's still so early, but with 56 games – your worry gets a look gets heightened big time because it's just 56 games. Let's be honest. Even if this was an 82 game season, we, we, Preds Twitter and Preds Facebook would still be going crazy. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Even if, they, even if they had those extra games in the back, back pockets, they'd still be going crazy right now. The team's four and five. They're loot. When they lose, they lose bad. So, um, yeah. So let's just put that in perspective too. But here's the deal. Early on, what it looks like is the the Preds are what they are. They're a middle-of-the-road team. When they play middle-of-the-road teams, they can look kind of good. They got some talent. They got some top-line talent. Arvidsson, Forsberg, uh, Yossi, 
sometimes their goaltenders, they don't hang them out to dry, and they look like Vesna-type goaltenders, all that good stuff. But when they play teams like Tampa, like Dallas, who both those teams were just in the Stanley Cup against each other, and now they're in our division, we get to play them a bunch of times. You know, it's like it really brings you back down to reality, and I think that's what's happening with us right now is we're we're bringing – we're being brought back down to reality and we're seeing what this team really is. And they are a very, I don't even want to say mediocre because that seems a little too harsh, but they're a very average team. They sure are. You're right. Their ceiling is like, Hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some bees this year. I'm going to get straight bees. Hey mom, I'm going to get straight bees on my report card this year. I did good this year. Right. That's what I feel like the Preds are. They're they're not going to get, go ahead. They're not going to get straight A's. They're yeah. not going to get even a few A's and a couple B's. They are a. Their ceiling is they're a B team. They're they're, you know, they're, they're trying not to flunk out right now. If we're going to really talk about grades right now, yeah. uh, they're trying not to flunk out. But they're they're a, they're a very C plus type of team. They can look good on certain nights against uh, teams that are similar to them, and then when they have to play the cream of the crop like Tampa Bay and Dallas. And even Carolina for one game, which they played very well against Carolina and still lost. So I really don't want to throw Carolina in there. But definitely against Dallas and uh, Tampa, which is four of their five losses this season to those two teams. They looked very outmatched. They looked very inferior. And so you have to bring yourself down to reality right now. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with it is, okay, they're not up there with them. They're nowhere close to being up there with them. Let's see if they can – play against Detroit and Chicago and Columbus and Florida and battle for that fourth spot. Then they get in the playoffs and then you roll the dice and you see what happens. I kind of feel like that's what this Preds team is right now. Well, and I think in addition to average, I mean, you got to look at we're the third oldest team in the NHL. And we had all this talk in the offseason about youth movement, youth movement. And we, if it wasn't for the fact that we were forced into it into injury because of injury, like we wouldn't be seeing it. It's not a youth movement. We have some older guys. That's a really that good are, point. Hasn't yet. We we've seen what they are in the NHL, and we're hoping that you know change of scenery does them good, change of system does them good. But I mean, even Barowski, like Barowski, started out great, but then he's regressed back into his old habits of some of these boneheaded penalties. Um, you know, it's just some of the things that we expected to materialize from this this past you know off season have not come to be, and I think our age is showing, but also it shows in our speed. We don't we don't buzz the way Tampa Bay did or the way Dallas did. You know, we're not getting guys that are going towards the pocket and really you know just looking like sharks mom blood in the water we we don't look like that um we 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 play offense as a form of defense and that's just to keep them out of our zone that's what it feels like and you know i think we got to beat the pink the carolinas i i'm a little nervous because we did take chicago to overtime twice and i kind of would feel better if we beat them outright um but you know you got to beat those you got to beat those four teams uh, the florida chicago uh, Detroit, Columbus, and even if we can get some against Carolina, that's going to be necessary. Mm-hmm. But eventually, we have to get a win. If we're going to be, if we're going to talk about playoffs, we got to get a win against Dallas or Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know how it comes. I don't know if it's when Tampa Bay has to travel to us uh, in a couple of days. But we, I mean, we can't we can't lose out the entire season. We can't play the entire season like we did against them. And I'm hoping well, we get some film study from that. Well, the Preds are entering a make or break mm-hmm. stretch right now. And mm-hmm. they're not really getting any breaks. I mean, you're facing a team that hasn't lost in regulation yet against the Florida Panthers. And then guess what? Tampa gets to come right back at you who just ran circles around you. And it's so, back. yeah. So it's like there's no rest here. There's no, 
I mean, yeah, you, you might get some some rest later in the season. If you look at their schedule, like, I mean, yeah, they're gonna they still have to face Detroit and but Detroit's taking teams to the end. They keep mm-hmm. losing. They've had some bad luck, but they're not a pushover. And so it's just like, I mean, there's just no rest here. So the Preds got to dig deep right now. And it, it starts against Florida. They definitely have to win. I think they have to get three out of four points. If they lose one of them, at least get to overtime. Show that you can get to overtime and don't get blown out. Because they've got, like I said, they got five regulation losses already. I mean, that hurts. You gotta start yeah. at least getting points somehow. If these point percentages come into play, you gotta start getting points, even if you're Absolutely. gonna lose. And Definitely. so that's kind of where I see it. But Florida's coming up; they're next on the schedule. But let's get into uh, Rocco Grimaldi. He is a fan favorite. We all love him. Uh, I really don't know many fans who don't like Rocco Grimaldi, and he's he's just he's built his NHL career here. He was kind of a journeyman before he got here. And he's just worked his tail off up until last season. He really, you know, became a very vital part of the team. And now it's like one of the big mysteries of the team this season is he's just not playing. We don't know what's going on, and we're not going to speculate and say we know something we don't. We're not insiders. Full disclosure, me, Rich, or Colin, we're not behind the scenes. We're not in the locker room every night. We're, We're not in that scene. But it's really bad optics, and it doesn't make sense. No one can make sense of it, but he's not been in the line. He made it in the lineup tonight, but that was only because you had injuries to Brad Richardson and to Luke Cunning. So you have to wonder if those two players were available, would Rocco Grimaldi have been a healthy scratch again? I got I to gotta kind of make a confession here. Okay. I love Rocco. I love what he brings in terms of grit and tenacity. But I, I – and I'm just going to say from – I haven't agreed with much with with Hines on much of anything, but I will say against these teams that are are faster and bigger bodies, Rocco has shown at times that he is a defensive liability. Not saying I don't appreciate Eric okay. brings in terms of fair. with offense, and I will say in offense he he's I will, that doesn't say that you know defensively he's a liability, but I still think he's tenacious. I think that you know on offense he's he's gritty as can be. He will he will drive down. He will try to score any way he can. He'll get his re- his own rebound if he has to. There's just times where you know on def- on defense, it's not that he's making mistakes. It's that you know due to size, and, and I hate to be that guy, but due to size, he is easily pushed off the puck and pushed around when he's on defense. And so that kind of creates a liability against teams that are larger, like Dallas and like Tampa Bay. I mean, those are probably the two largest teams in terms of size and speed that we're going to be playing in this division. And those are the two teams that he's really been scratched against. So. You know, that, that, that's me. I, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't necessarily see taking him out completely. I think maybe you push him down to the fourth line, maybe gets a, a few less minutes. Um, but, you know, from, from a standpoint of, you know, where John Hines is coming from, I kind of get somewhat why he's not in okay. the lineup in, in favor of some other guys. Well, it just seemed a little weird, though, because he did start the season playing and, like, you know, they played Columbus. And, and he like, scored. He scored he a goal scored. in the second game. And Columbus, I mean, you know, they're not – like, Nick Foligno is pretty – tough customer. Those guys are, are big dudes too. Obviously not as big as Tampa Bay or Dallas. You know, those guys are brutes, man. I don't know where they <laughs> grow them like that, but, and just, it's just strange because it was like all of a sudden, and, and maybe it was because they were going to the stretch against these bigger teams that they just didn't want to. I don't know. Chance. So, well, let me just say this real quick. The way I feel about it is, okay, you have a team and maybe it's not this simple, but this is the way I see it. You have a team 
that looks like they're stuck in quicksand. Like they look slower. They look like every time they do get a scoring chance, they had to give everything they had just to get that scoring chance. And then they don't score usually. They don't finish. And then you see the other team skate down the ice and they make it look so easy. And maybe that's a product of the competition that we faced recently against Dallas and Tampa. But it's like even against Chicago, even against Chicago, even though we won both of those games, when Chicago got scoring chances, they made it look easy. When we get scoring chances and when we do score occasionally, occasionally, it's like they had to give everything they had just to get that one goal. It's like a big exhale. It's like, oh, my God, they figured it out. They scored. Like when Trennan, when Yakov Trennan scored that goal, yeah. um, it was like I felt like the roof fell down. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, they broke through. They scored. And yeah. so a, a guy mm-hmm. like Rocco Grimaldi is a guy that can flip the ice. He can catch the defense on their heels. He can do things that we're just I, – I, I don't see how well, he's out of the lineup. That's well, just me. And here's the one reason I don't agree with taking him out of the lineup, and, and I think it's the biggest reason why he should be in the lineup and why it shouldn't happen in the first place is – there are certain tangible intangibles that you can't measure in stats. And what Rocco has in terms of his attitude, like you can't, nobody brings it like he does when he is in the lineup. And when he's on the ice, he's going to give it to you. He may, you know, he may get beat off the puck, but he's also going to chase that guy down. He's going to be an agitator in that regard. And he's going to try and fight for it. But when he's on offense, he, I mean, like I said, we saw on the, the last series uh, against Chicago, he, you know, got pushed to get up against the boards, lost possession of the puck and immediately went back, regained possession, and still got a shot on goal. And you just can't measure attitude. And right now, this team lacks it. Like, you know, Rocco Grimaldi gets out there, he's not coming out flat. Everybody else, as far as, you know, how tonight went, with the exception of maybe a couple guys, they went out flat. And so I think until, you know, the team shows that they don't need that attitude adjustment, you leave him in the lineup because you need it. You need his tenacity. You need his his grit and determination. And, we, and I mean, we just need something to shake us up. Yeah. yeah. So, so, like – I mean, he's oh, just like, well, he's just not, get, got, not getting a lot of ice time. His last game he was in, and then we'll go to you, Rich, because I want to hear your thoughts on it as well. But uh, so Grimaldi's last game before tonight was against Dallas on January 24th. Uh, he only had 10-26 of ice time, and it was a 3-2 Dallas win. He had zero shots on goal in that game. Uh, so he's just – the last game he was in before tonight – and even tonight, he wasn't really in. I think uh, the last time I looked at the numbers uh, before the game ends, end, ended tonight, he was he might not have reached 10 minutes in ice time tonight. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just not being used right now for whatever reason. It's just – it's a weird situation. Uh, Rich, uh, give me some of your thoughts on it. Well, I was just going to say, <clears throat> so like, you know, they, they put him in tonight because we said people were hurt or whatever. But, you know, they got Callie Yarncrocks coming back too. Like, Yeah. He's, he's – got I a think log jam. Yeah, I think they said that he was practicing now with a, you know, a, he at first it was a non-contact jersey, but he's just having yeah. regular practice. So when he gets back, what's that do to Grimaldi? And you, you know, and you know, Cal Yonkrock's going to be put back in the lineup. He will because he Absolutely. brings an offensive blend to his game. He they're probably going to put him back on the power play. That's a big element. Uh, Yonkrock has uh, had a lot of success on that second power play unit. He's got a deadly shot. He's uh, He's he's very uh, limited defensively, but he's another player that you know he can come in there and probably score some big goals. So I, I as much as I said early before the season started that I thought he should be a candidate for the taxi squad possibly. At this point, I'm like at that point when I said that at that time, 
I didn't realize this Preds team was going to struggle to score so badly. Yeah. So now I'm kind of like, Yarncroft, we need you. Like, please. Yeah, I like, I was – like, Yarncroft, like, please, I was wrong. Like, yeah. please, I take please everything I said back. Like, we need you. Because oh. Yarncroft does have a deadly shot. He has a great shot, especially on the power play. So, we probably need him back. So, yeah, that's a good point, Rich. What and, do you do with Grimaldi then? Does he even yeah. get pushed further down? Like yeah. – uh, this is kind of you know it goes back to what you know we said we were afraid of in the in the preseason is what if this is just a team that's deep with very in terms of forwards with very mediocre forwards like what if this isn't a team that's deep in talent but just deep in the same skill set skill, skill level they're all going to hover around in that area do we start them do we not but nobody really separates themselves from the pack and so you know I think that's part of it but also you know, I think Rocco is kind of dependent on who he can, he can be matched up with I think he matches well with you know Brad Richardson because. Richardson provides that that size. It kind of reminds me of when we had, you know, the Rocco and Groot kind of situation uh, back when Brian Boyle was with us because, you know, Boyle was the physical side of that and the bigger body that could kind of offset Rocco's size. And so he kind of freed up Rocco to create some space for himself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with the lineup as it is tonight, there's not really that big body that he can put himself alongside or wing that, you know, that, that, that creates that kind of matchup. And so I think that's kind of the, the hindrance there. But yeah, I mean, how do you how do you measure it up when Yarncroft is better and when you know a lot of these other guys you know are, are healthy you know, with Richardson getting healthy and with all these other guys because we don't know how long they're going to be out. You know who gets who gets the, the you know the, the healthy scratch. Um, and then at the same time, it sucks for guys like Tolvin who have been grinding it away and finally get their chance and scores a goal and could still find himself out of the lineup by you know the next game or at least yeah. the, the game after that. I would. I think they should leave him in at least. For at least one more game. And well, just let's talk about yeah. let's talk about the defense too, though. The, like when it comes to figuring out who plays and who doesn't play, the defense has some questions too. Again, we got that third defensive pairing that had so many struggles last season, and we thought we were going to correct it with uh, Matt Benning and Mark Borowiecki. But let's, let's like go we to we got a good we got a good Twitter response here from Kyle Hawkins on Twitter, so we appreciate his response. He, he uh, when we were talking about Rocco Grimaldi and brought up that topic, he said, Can we also get in on the tenority over Borovietsky train? Hmm. Uh, that's a bold stance. He said that going into tonight's game, so before the game started tonight. And he's basically, I mean, he he seems to me like uh, he's advocating Jared tenority more often than Mark Borovietsky. That's a that's a pretty hot take, and I always appreciate a good hot take. Uh, so, 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 so Kyle Hawkins, I appreciate that response. So let's get that a little bit of attention here. Uh, so, Tenority over Borowiecki, Colin. That's, yeah, I got – my thing is with Tenority, he's not going to make the mistakes that Borowiecki has made thus far. And so it's like he's less of a liability. And yeah, I'll appreciate that. He still makes mistakes and he's still going to see yeah. some penalty minutes, but hasn't seen nearly the much as much of you know, the volume as you know, Borowiecki has. When Barowski is on and not making mistakes, so he's world, he's he's better than Tenorti. I I just gotta say that. I mean, oh, yeah. when he was playing, at, you know, the level we expected him and hoped that he would play. Let's say, you know, like against Columbus or when we we're playing Carolina, you know, the Barowski Barowski we want to see. He's I think he's better than Tenorti, but that's just kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, yeah, that is a hot take by Kyle there because you're going to be hard pressed to find very many people who are Tenorti fans. On Preds Twitter because a lot yeah. of people don't like him at all. But, but yeah. we hey, but we but all we all appreciate a good hot take, and we appreciate Kyle Hawkins. Please uh, send us more Twitter responses in the future, Kyle. Yes. We really appreciate you. Um, and here's the thing: of uh, just regarding that topic right there, I think you're kind of stuck. Like you can't, you've got to use Borovieski because you brought him in as one of your 
crowning jewels of your offseason. And you didn't make any big-time splashes over the offseason. But one of the ones that everyone was kind of clapping about was Borowiecki. And, you know, we're nine games in, so we're not going to say this is a bust or, like, Poyle screwed up. Like, we're way too early to, to be making those types of proclamations. But, it's it, again, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Poyle, like, okay, you made these moves and we thought they were good, but we're already using Jared Tenorti this early in the season. Jared Tenorti is supposed to be a – there's a lot of a rash of injuries and Tenorti, we need you to come in and, break, break and eat up some, some, eat up some games. Exactly. Yeah. Like Tenorti was used a lot last season uh, with all the problems and no one's knocking Tenorti, but for me, Tenorti is who he is. He is a guy that's going to get some NHL games, but he's never going to be more than a occasional spot starter that comes in to give another guy a rest. That's just, I mean, his skills are very limited he doesn't bring really any offensive value whatsoever. And in today's NHL, your defenseman got to have some type of offensive value. He well, doesn't I mean, really do he, that. He's 28 years old, too. Like, at that point, it's kind of like when we talked about, you know, when we were in the Redlines group about Forsberg being you know, only 26. Like, 28, you, pr- you pretty much know what your game is. You know what you're about at this point. So it's not like yeah. he's he's that in that place. I, I do want to say one thing, and this is uh, somewhat related to, you know, changing up the players. We're only one player away on that, you know, it was I think the third line uh, from being having Mr. T-line. That's all I'm saying. We, yeah. we, we bring Tomasino in. You know, Trenton was out there. I mean, hey. And told him hey, he's out there. Why not? Hey, might as well. It's very hard. So it's very hard. It's very hard for us on the Catfish and Ice podcast to make it through a full episode without bringing up uh, <laughs> Philip Tomasino, which is our great savior that we're waiting no, to come future and rescue Tom us. Thing. Right? It's hey. like, I mean – I mean, but let's get the hashtag trending free, Mr. T. That's all hey, I want to say. I want to see if, Mr. T if, line. We'll work on that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The more, let's hope it doesn't come to this, but the more this starts tailspinning, and let's hope it's not a tailspin. Let's hope it's just a product of playing a really good team. But if it keeps tailspinning, he will be in the lineup very soon, mm-hmm. and we're going to get our wish. I think so. uh, let's right. hope. Let's hope. Let's hope when he gets in the lineup, it's not for, for, for padding the stats and the Preds are actually playing for something. But as of now, um, I'm interested to see if he goes play for play gets any games in for Chicago Wolves though, because that's our AHL affiliate this year. Because the Milwaukee Admirals are not playing a season this year, so um, Tomasino is kind of floating around out there right now in no man's land. So. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to see where he ends up, whether it's with Chicago in the AHL or whether he, you know, gets into a starting lineup. But the worst this gets for the Preds, Poyle's going to be like, hey, let's just go ahead and put him in. Yeah, I hope it's a situation where we see it, you know, with the three of them. And uh, my, like I said, fingers crossed for Mr. T-Line uh, because they've all played together at one point. But yeah, I hope it doesn't get to the point where it's like we see them and we have this revelation like, oh, they're really good together. And it's already too late. Like I don't want to do it too late, and then kind of be wondering what if, and then go into the you know, go in the off season, and then you know they're just successful enough that we get like a middle draft pick, and we can't build on that or something like that in that situation. But you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I just love me some Thomasine. That's just yep. Me. <laughs> yep. So again, you're listening to the Catfish and Ice podcast. Uh, we've uh, let out all of our grievances on the last two games. Uh, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> But the Preds are four. The Preds are four, five, and zero, oh, and they are tumbling in the Central Division. They're currently seventh place in the Central Division, 
So we're uh, we're starting to keep company with the Red Wings down there. Uh, got the Preds and you got the Red Wings uh, keeping each other warm in the in the cellar of the Central Division right now. So uh, that's hard to say, but it's just the which, truth right now. Which one's Big Spoon and which one's Little Spoon? That's the uh, <laughs> we're still the Big Spoon. Preds are still yeah. the Big Spoon. I'm gonna take that down there. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we go into our last segment of the Catfish and Ice podcast. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Go follow hockey at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. There's all these great hockey podcasts. There's every team you can think of has their own podcast. There's also NHL-based podcasts that covers uh, different topics regarding there's, – uh, there's podcasts that interviews former players. There's uh, Go to Hockey Podcast Network because there are so many awesome podcasts that you need to follow. So we are brought to you by them. We're also presented by our awesome partners, DraftKings. And again, we invite you to go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN and do that Super Bowl prediction challenge where uh, you're going to get an instant prize just for playing. And all you have to do is predict a touchdown to be scored in the Super Bowl, and you're going to double your money. So I just feel like it's a gimme. Go out there and do it. Uh, let's hope that Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes between the two of them will score a touchdown. Uh, that would be the all-time craziest Super Bowl if neither of them could score a touchdown. But uh, definitely go out there and download that promo code and get on DraftKings and have a lot of fun uh, betting on all kinds of sports and just having a good time. You know, we're all sports fans, and we all love uh, doing that kind of stuff. So let's get into our last segment of the night. Like we do in every episode, we like to – Calm it down a little bit. We're all passionate. We're all we're all emotions are running high right now. Mm-hmm. So we like to calm it down a little bit for our all of our awesome listeners and all of our awesome fans and all of our awesome followers. We want to calm it down, bring the mood down a little bit. And everyone loves a good alternate jersey. Everyone loves critiquing all these crazy jersey concepts that come out. And, of course, over the offseason, the NHL released their reverse retro jerseys. Every team has one. And the whole idea behind the reverse retro jerseys was we're going to have a new modern look but still pay homage to the retro retro factor of the team. And so when you take a team like the Preds, well, you know, they've only been around for a little over two decades. So how much history do you have to go back on? But we all pretty much like the uh, the Preds retro uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin, do you have a pull up on the Preds retro uniform, or do you feel like everyone's pretty much theirs? Um, I've got the actually I've got all thirty one pulled up. Um, let me see here. Colin's actually got one of those. Yeah, I do. All right, I'm let's gonna, go ahead and add that. Into it's the pretty screen. sweet. It's pretty sweet. I can I can zoom in on the Preds one here. Are you on the? Are you looking at them on like on the NBC Sports page with all thirty-one? Uh, I've got a graphic with all thirty-one on there. So, oh, okay. Kinda, yeah, we're gonna add all thirty-one on here. I'll do the telestrate. That's here. the best way to look at it. Yeah. So there's there's our good old Preds. And so so, the, so so we got the Preds we got the Preds right there. It grew on me. I'll tell you. At first, I didn't like it, but it, then I started kind of looking at it, and I do like the silver uh, shoulder pads that go down. I like the silver Pred, which is actually. The, the retro part of the uniform is mm-hmm. the silver, all silver Predator logo. Yep. yep. And so um, it's grown on me. It really has. What do you guys think about it, Rich? What do you think about it, Rich? I like it. Um, 
at first I didn't like it as much because I was hoping for one of those Navy retro jerseys. Because yeah. like that's that's my favorite old jersey that they have. But um, just seeing it and then like I, I saw Collins jersey, it, it looks really cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I prefer I don't like as many colors on jerseys. I kind of like to keep them one main color, but it looks good. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I, was, I was very pleasantly, you know, surprised by it. it, and it did grow on me. At first, I was like, eh, okay, but you know, seeing it in person, uh, especially like I think the silver really looks awesome. It's a good homage to like the original silver that we had, the silver and navy. I still would love to see a navy alternate. You know, I think that that's still something all on the pipeline of a, a navy and gold alternate, where it's navy as the predominant color. But we'll say, you know, unrelated but somewhat related, the best fitting jersey as far as Adidas jersey that I own. I own three of them, so. This one out of all of them is probably the best thing. I think it's the silver okay. material that helps us in the shoulders, but most comfortable jersey I own right now. So, um, you know, it's it's a it's a good one as far as Adidas goes. Uh, don't get me started on Nike jerseys, but uh, right. you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of the silver. I like the the I like the paying respect to the old one, old age, but also going you know with some new new colors. The lettering also is very interesting to me too, but that's kind yeah. of getting into the details there. Just a reminder, just a reminder to all of our listeners too. Uh, go to Nashville Locker Room uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter, and that's their, the the Predators' official team store. And you can actually uh, customize your jersey, your uh, retro jersey, if you would like to get get whatever player you would like, even if it's an old school player like Jordan Tutu, for instance. We're all a big fan of Jordan Tutu on the show. Uh, you yep. can kind of like customize your own jersey. So definitely go to Nashville Locker Room, which is the team store. Uh, they're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, Central Time. So on game days, Preds game days. And you can also shop online, NashvilleLockerRoom.com. So, yeah, they, they're doing awesome jobs with the uh, retro jersey, reverse retro jerseys for the Preds. Uh, so we're going to get into the ones we like first, and then we'll kind of end it with some of the ones we're like, what's going on? And this is very similar to how we did the mascots in our last episode. So if you kind of like how this episode's going with uh, us critiquing certain things, uh, go back to the mascot episode uh, in the previous episode of the Catfish Mice podcast. And yeah, you'll have a good time us critiquing all these crazy mascots. But when it comes to these jerseys, let me give you my top one that I'm just like, I really like this jersey. And I'm not saying everyone's going to like this one. But for me, for whatever reason, the the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? For me... (laughs) For me, I don't know why, but I really like the Arizona Coyotes. Dude, I, yes. And I, we probably had that all purple. Reasons. That all yes. purple with the uh with the old school coyote logo is, is just that? like it called? sticks out. It sticks out. You know why I like it? It's because I'm a I'm a what? lifelong I'm, I'm from Arizona. I'm a lifelong Diamondbacks fan. Okay. The purple and copper, mm-hmm. that's OG Diamondbacks. That's before the Sedona red and all that other stuff like we were turquoise and we were cur- we were purple and we were copper so i love seeing the throwback to the winningest arizona can we zoom in on that can we zoom in yeah. on the coyotes jersey is it what what's that so, is that called is it kachina is that how yes. you say it? yep yeah i mean that's just i'm sorry that's a very it, it's it's unique I, I think one of the reasons i like it is because it's unique it's different you got the like cactus. it takes some chance like when they designed that uniform they took some chances you got the desert uh, coming down the bottom there. So it really captures the uh, hockey out in the desert type of theme. I just think it's a really cool jersey. That's by far looks, uh, my favorite reverse retro jersey. It looks good between those two duds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? 
And then uh, uh, another uh, another one I have real quick that um, really br- brought up this idea of this segment uh, for this episode is uh, the Minnesota Wild. They debuted mm-hmm. their uh, reverse retro jerseys uh, recently, and they're they're paying respect to when they were the North Stars. And, of course, the North Stars turned into the Dallas Stars today. And so they have a nice little rivalry with the Dallas Stars. But those that's kind of what this jersey is uh, paying respect to is when they were the Dallas North Stars. I love the color scheme. I love that uh, yellow and green. It's a really cool jersey. It really pops. It really sticks out. It looks clean. Uh, that's that's probably my – that one's right up there with me with the uh, Coyotes uh, as far as the two best yep. for me. Uh, Colin, you want to go outside of the Coyotes? Give me another one from you, Colin. Yeah, so I, I like the, I really like the uh, Coyotes one, but that's kind of a, a personal one. For me, I actually really like the Canadians one with the blue as a solid okay. color. Um, you know, yeah. I know the Canadians is one of the original ones. Like you don't really want to do too much to it, but I feel I still feel like that's a very classic look. So like the purists, uh, especially your jersey purists, so we've seen on Reddit, like they're still going to appreciate that one. They didn't try to do anything too much or go too crazy. You know, still kept basically the same you know scheme, just with the the predominant blue. But I really appreciate that one. It's nice and simple, but I dig it. Yeah, yeah. Rich, it's give easy. us some of yours, the ones you like. So Rich. my my two favorite are, um, although I don't like them cashing in on the name, I like the Carolina with the whale, the Hartford. That oh, one, yeah. that is just a cool classic looking jersey. I mean, it's just with the old logo. I like yeah. the colors, the whole deal. It looks like. You know, you don't. It's something you don't see very often. I know they bring those out every once in a while, but just seeing that anytime, anytime you can uh, pay respects to the old school franchises in the NHL, for maybe the forgotten franchises for all your for all your new up and coming fans that maybe don't know about some of those older teams in the NHL. It's always cool to see uh, uh, teams pay respect to those older franchises. Yeah. Speaking of which, my second favorite is Colorado's. With the old Nordiques logo, okay. I mean that is just awesome. That's a that's that's kind of popular among everybody. Like that was a pretty big one. That was, yeah, especially between those two duds. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. So speaking of duds, if if we're gonna go to duds real quick, Colin, you don't even have to zoom out here because it was it's right next to that. It's right next to that Colorado Avalanche one. That's so pretty. I mean. The Dallas Stars, I mean, I get I get what they're trying to do because that's the old school Dallas Stars logo. But I don't they could have done so much more. It's like they got lazy and they were just like, oh, we're done. We're calling it quits for the day. Well, and the thing is, like, they're going the opposite of the black jerseys, right? So they're like, that's the black look of the jerseys. I mean, go go with the green. Don't go with the solid white. It yeah. looks like a it looks like a practice jersey. I mean Exactly. Just, I just don't get it. Yeah. It reminds me of I just like, feel like it reminds ahead, me of like when I look at it, it reminds me of like if the band Kiss made a jersey, like they had a they had a, a, a game night where like Kiss sponsored the game and like the stars said, Hey, we'll make a jersey. It just kind of looks weird. That one bo- yeah, I'm just not I'm not about it. That one bothers me. The one that really gets to me is uh very similar. I'm sure you guys probably don't like it much either. Detroit. It's another practice jersey to me. It is. And the thing that frustrates me that is like if you're, talk, if you're gonna talk about reverse retro, like 
Dallas has, or not Dallas, Detroit has a decent retro jersey where it's just a single white D. Why mm-hmm. not just do like a red D with red stripes? Even that, yeah. I would approve of more than this this white and silver because it doesn't seem retro to me. It doesn't seem reverse. It looks like a literal practice jersey, like a non-contact yeah. jersey for one of your players. Um, I'm not a fan of that one at all. So then if you look at some of them, like pull the whole picture back. So like I like Boston's jersey, but it looks like I don't see much difference. There's nothing much to it. Same with Pittsburgh's. They look like kind of like their normal jerseys. It's like they didn't really do much to them. Yeah, the slanted lettering, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And like fit like the Flyers. There's what's the difference in that? The Flyers have never really changed either. It's kind of it's tough because like it's the same situation with like Vegas, where you know, Vegas, they've only been around for two years, so they don't have a reverse, like a a retro. They basically like this is their alternate. So we'll go we'll go we'll we'll go ahead and say this right now. Like we're not like fashion designers. We're just having fun and we're kind of critiquing them. But at the same time, like we're we are fans of the sport, and so they put these jerseys out for a reason for us to critique them. So I that's what I, wanna, I do want to say someone got paid a lot of money to, to design a white jersey. Oh, yeah. That's all, that's sure. all, that's all I'm yep. going to say. That is my critique. I will there. tell you, I will tell you, as long as you follow anything related to the Preds on Twitter and you get into that community, there's plenty of very talented uh, people out there who put out their mm-hmm. own concepts. Oh, so yeah. it's a it's a pretty big industry. It's pretty popular. A lot of people like like to get into designing their own jerseys, and there are some really good good ones out there. And so when I'm looking at all these reverse retros, I see a lot of really good ones. But to Colin's point, I see a lot of ones where it's like they're really not that creative, and it's like they kind of just and, and to round this back out because we are a National Predators podcast. I think the National Predators. Uh, it grew on me, and I like it. I think it's going to look really sharp on the ice. Let's hope the play follows around that because <laughs> the way they've the way they've been playing lately, they they're not going to make that jersey look very good. But uh, the jersey itself, I think they did a good job. Um, we all yeah. wanted the navy, but uh, a lot of people push back on they can't do navy because that would be full retro, and it's supposed to be reverse retro. So mm. that's probably why they didn't go navy. And one small detail is we also, with that jersey, we get Navy helmets back. So that would be kind of cool to see again. I'm all about oh, yeah. the Navy helmets. So I think the yeah. first night they're wearing those is coming up on the 8th. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, so, Dallas, uh, when Dallas, I'm glad you Dallas pulls into town, <laughs> they get to wear the well, nice no, They're actually going uh, to debut, debut the jerseys against uh, Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I was looking oh. at the calendar. Yeah, right. they're uh, February, oh. yeah, February 8th. They're uh, – are going to debut them. And then they yeah. uh, also play the 15th. They play them against Dallas, the uh, March, the sixth against the Panthers, March, the 23rd against Detroit, um, April, the fourth against Chicago, and then April, the sixth against Detroit. So let's yeah. hope they get at least three wins in those jerseys yeah. to round it out. Yeah. Hopefully we're hedging our bets there. But, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, but um, hope springs. Yep. Tampa Bay rolling right. in, so, you know. but they're gonna. Nonetheless, they are gonna look sharp. I, I they did grow on me. Uh, they're cool, and so um, one of these days, I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold out hope. It's still a dream that one day they're gonna trot out in the old school navies. Mm. I, they don't even have to promote it. I don't even. They don't even have to tell us they're gonna mm-hmm. do it. Just do it. Just don't even pr- promote it. Just skate yep. out of the tunnel. Wearing those navy blue 
old school uh, sweaters, and I I might just pass out where I stand when they'll, I see. They'll it. sell a lot of them. They'll sell a lot if they yeah. do that. I, 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 I just want to see some navy and gold. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the navy, but that gold yeah. on top of it looks really nice. So, all right. You know, I want to so say that, one more thing about jerseys. All right. It's been kind of downhill since we got these new ones. That's all I'm going to say about that. Our Reebok yeah. jerseys was the pinnacle ever since. we did. I will say, we did win the President's Trophy with the new ones. But yeah. since then, it's kind of been, you know. So I'm a little, yeah. a little off on my details. I, I get that. I get that. It has been kind of tough sledding since we switched to uh, the all-gold jerseys, uh, which a lot of people didn't like it when they switched to those originally. They were like, these are so boring, and they really don't have much going on. But I like you know, the away they, ones, though. I like the away jerseys, though. I think they're pretty sharp. Oh yeah, the, the yeah, away nice jerseys are definitely sharp. Yeah. You know what? You know what fixes a jersey, no matter what they look like, when you win. That's right. They Facts. could be wearing. They could be wearing all white with a predator logo on the front, and if they were winning and they were playing better, I think we we wouldn't even be talking jerseys tonight. We'd probably still be talking about how they beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. But the Preds lost twice and looked horrible, so that's why we're talking about jerseys right now. But uh, <laughs> at least that's the excuse we're going to stick with. Uh, we like we like to pass the buck on to somebody else. I guess that's what we're doing here. But um, either way, we always have fun bringing the podcast to you. Uh, the Preds, they, they're going to get better. They're a work in progress. Still a lot of new players on the team. Uh, you got to hope that chemistry is going to be keep being built. And we got episode 16 coming to you on Thursday. It will be put out on Friday, actually, but we will be recording live on Thursday evening. So we will be reacting to another Preds game by then. So we look forward to that. We appreciate all of our listeners and followers. Again, please go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and download the app to get in on the Super Bowl action and use that promo code THPN to double your money if uh, one touchdown is scored in the Super Bowl. So you got to like your odds there. So. Make sure you go ahead and do that. And we appreciate all of you listening and watching tonight. Until we see you next time, uh, this is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. Go follow the Catfish Nice podcast at Catfish Ice. And we will see you for the next episode later this week. Everyone take care. See you.